Welcome back to another episode of Backlash Podcast. This week we're Bradless again. Kerry Hoppy, Musky Mayhem Tackle is going to fill in. I'm Jeff with Team Rhino Outdoors, and our guest this week is Steve Herbeck. And Steve's going to kind of lay it all out there. He's been all over the place. He's been in southern Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, Green Bay, and he's actually in Canada for this episode. He'll be back uh, again soon in the States, back resuming his guiding schedule. And Steve is just going to kind of lay it all out there. We're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on this this season so far. We're going to talk a little bit about what to expect as we head to fall. And because it's fall. It's post-Labor Day. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day. Hope everybody got out on the water, had a great weekend. It's hard to believe it's September already, Carrie. It's, you know, we're, know. we're here. I mean, it's September. That's crazy. Like for you, you're probably, you know, what, a month or so away from being in a tree stand every day? Yeah. Maybe not even a month. But I mean, yeah. I mean, when it actually looks good, I don't really like to sit out there if it's too warm outside. I feel that it's kind of, it's probably not pointless, but if you do shoot something and you don't get it taken care of right away, then you're in trouble. So right. I kind of like to wait till it's at least cool outside. Absolutely. So what's Brett's right. story these days anyways? Did he put in his two-week notice on a podcast and he's done? No. That's well, good. even if he even if he did, we we wouldn't accept it. No, we so. wouldn't. No. Um no, he's just been he's been fishing. And they've been fishing late. They've been fishing into the dark a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. He's been fishing in the dark a little bit and unlike past seasons, I refuse to podcast at one o'clock in the morning with Brad when he gets yeah. done. So Right. And and I I don't stay up that late, and so you're stuck with me. I wouldn't say stuck. I mean, I think the people are happy to have you back, honestly. I think they like you more than Brad. <laughs> I think Brad knows way more than I do. <laughs> I know I like you more than Brad, because I can actually talk during a podcast if you're on. With Brad, it's hard <laughs> to get a word in sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It's all good information, right? Yeah, it'll be great to have him back. I mean... You know, we like we like to have Brad, but I definitely like having you on the podcast. It's great. It's a little better than when I gotta, you know, do it all the way solo, which you know, whatever. It's fine. I'll do whatever we gotta do. Anything new going on with Musky Mayhem Tackle these days? Because I know, you know, for you guys, it's probably getting. You know, I want to say blades are over with, but I mean, I'm definitely assuming that orders start to slow probably in September, October. More October. September is usually pretty good. There's. There's some pretty good bucktail bites, and honestly, if you choose to think outside the box, there's a pretty good bucktail bite all the way to ice up if you choose to do it. You just have to change your tactics a little bit, maybe slow down, maybe run a little deeper, you know, choose what you're throwing at a little more specifically. But yeah, we don't really slow down with that until probably that end of september beginning of october somewhere in there sure september is usually usually a really really good bucktail bite yeah absolutely i know sales for bucktails continue all the way through september but then when you get to october like you talked about it most guys are picking up a a bulldog or a medusa or they're starting to do some trolling or they're doing some jigging with bondy baits or whatever it would be they're off doing different tactics running suckers That's what the box tells you to do. That is. When it starts to get cold, then you go to rubber or jerk baits or whatever and 
And if you're like me and prefer to think outside of the box, then I still throw bucktails yep. and I still catch fish. That's what I the- do sometimes if the fish like turnover, mid turnover where everything sucks, I would literally myself would switch to like a musky sized jig and throw that. Sure. No one else in the, in their right mind is going to throw that or at least in my household. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, and I had good luck doing that too. That's awesome. Hopefully you get a chance to get out. Is Brad going to take you out in the water this fall? Is he going to make time for you? Well, yeah, if I'm not sitting in a tree. (laughs) I know I get enough of those types of pictures. During the summer, Uh I don't get any pictures of Carrie doing anything fun. But in the fall, I definitely get some pictures of her in a tree. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. So I I don't have a lot to add to it. You know, like I said, it's we're we're heading into Labor Day. I'm recording this one a little early so we can actually get it out after Labor Day because I refuse. I'm not going to work for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'll have to when I get back. But I think I'm going to try to head out of town here for Friday. By the time you hear this, it'll have been over already. But I'm going to try to head out of town and not do work for a few days. And I know Melissa's kind of stressing out about leaving because. You know, we got so much to do, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm leaving. I don't get away that often. We're leaving. So it's been uh, kind of one of those weeks. But anyways, if you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventures, check out Team Rhino Outdoors, which is teamrhinooutdoors.com. And it's fall. I mean, we'll call it fall time, but we have a pile of everything. You're looking for medusas or bulldogs, especially bulldogs. We have tons of bulldogs right now. We hadn't had... Really great selection this year, and there's still even more coming. Shallow invaders are finally starting to look okay on those. Swimming dogs, those. Of course, musky mayhem tackle, we have a bunch of that. And other bucktail manufacturers, spanky baits, musky frenzy, we have them all. If you're still you know, out chasing blades for a little while, we have everything there. So you're all set if you need musky gear. Sucker rigs will be on the way here pretty soon. We have some already, but we need more. And Carrie, if people want something from you, why don't you talk a little bit about Muskie Mayhem Tackle? You can go to, you can find us at muskymayhemtackle.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So Sounds good. Well, Carrie, yeah. unless you got something else, let's dial up that conversation with Herbie. Nope, let's talk to Herbie. All right, our guest on this week is Steve Herbeck. And Herbie has been on the podcast a bunch of times before. So if you want, go check back older episodes if you're looking for older episodes, older than, say, 100 episodes back and you're on iTunes, you might actually want to download the Podbean app. That will get you every single episode. I think iTunes has only got 100 total episodes available. At least I think that's what Brad had told me. So, anyways, uh, Herbie, you know, it's great to have you on again. You're a wealth of knowledge, and we love having you on. But this, you know, this episode's a little bit more special because, you know, A, you've been out fishing a lot this summer. And B, you've been fishing pretty much everywhere. Like you've been Southern Wisconsin and Northern Wisconsin and Green Bay. And now as we speak, you're in Canada. So to start this off, first off, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, if people want to get in touch with you and I don't know, do you even have availability yet this fall for guide trips yet? Okay. First of all, I've had a lot of people texting me, emailing me, calling me to see, you know, how I've been because everybody kind of knew that 
I've had a, had a little battle with cancer over the last couple of years. Um, not to let it get me down any, <laughs> but it, but it, it, you know, something I was going through. And I got some great news last week, and that uh, my last scan showed that I'm in remission. So, yeah, so I'm going to stay on a, a minor maintenance type of treatment once a month here through the winter and that. So hopefully that will put me back into my Canadian uh, gig next year, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but you know, uh, I just wanted to tell everybody thanks for all the, the wishes and everything and supporting me. And I've been bouncing around, like you said, uh, you know, uh, some in southern Wisconsin here close to home, and I'm doing Madison Chain and Lake Wisconsin and the river. And, and then, uh, you know, some of my old customers, northern Wisconsin and and when I had a few days free, I was getting to know Green Bay very well with some old Christian buddies of mine just in case Canada didn't work out for me next year and I had to stick around for more treatments. And, and uh, that went real well. And uh, and uh, I took the holiday weekend off here um, to get up and, and see my grandkids and my boy and all the guys here up at Andy Myers because, you know, it's been over a year and a half. And, uh, so yeah, I've been bouncing around quite a bit, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, uh, uh, keeps you on your toes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, some of the stuff I fished, you know, thirty thirty years ago, and it's kind of amazing to see how long as I could find the boat landings, I was just fine on the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, uh, it, the season has been kind of a different kind of a season, as most people who've been out there a lot know. Had a lot of hot weather, you know. So me being able to bounce around a little bit kind of saved some quite a bit of my season. Whereas some other people that uh, had just you know, you know, one fishery at their disposal, some people lost quite a few days because of you know the respect for the resource and not fishing over certain water temps and stuff like that. So yeah, I was able to move around and and stuff like that and stay reasonably within safe ranges, you know. I talked to Jeff Hansen quite a bit, and I think there was a, there was even a stretch here in August, I believe, where he shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Late, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think late August he had to shut it down because he had, I mean, you probably experienced that too. Just up to about, yeah, it was about two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Yeah, he had another stretch there. I've been pretty tight with Jeff over the summer too, you know, comparing notes and stuff like that. And, it's been different, you know. I have the the mass and chain, you know, it's different now than it was years ago in the fact that now there's some zebra mussels in there and it really clears the water up in the spring. The water's really, really clear and those fish just don't seem to like it, you know, and, and it's hard to uh you think you should be able to cream them trolling and before the weeds come up and it you know, you get some but it just it, it just seems like once those lakes, you know, start blooming and start getting green then they get good again you know and then about that time was when we were playing iffy with water temps but you know there were some really good bites going on you know i'm gonna you know be posting stuff later after the season gets going and stuff but we got some really nice fish some big ones a couple big ones and uh but it, it was very spotty uh, and very iffy until the water started turning getting a bloom to it you know and then about that time it started getting hot 
So you had to be very careful, get out, you know, four, three thirty, four in the morning, be done by ten or eleven, you know, and stay ahead of the water temps the best you could. I was fortunate enough to be able to uh move some of my people to northern Wisconsin and, and kind of stay ahead of it during that time. And and I, I saw a lot of the same characteristics. Very, very clear water and water that usually has color to it this spring that that uh kind of made things a little different, you know. And then the, the you know, then the hot water is what really changed things this summer. Um you had to get into the night fishing and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I think we're we're past that now. You know, we're moving into early fall. Canada's even a little bit farther ahead than the northern Wisconsin. I just got up here and got on the water today for a day. It was really felt good to be on here again, boy. You know, and all I'm going to tell you guys about Canada is to get here next year because it is a. They are really, they are really, really moving, screaming good. And it's just, there's still, it's not like what you think. It's still not very much pressure out here at all. We only saw several boats all day. You know, there's just not a lot of resorts really were ready to open up that late in the season in August. You know what I'm saying? So um, these fish are go- will be going on almost three years of not seeing a lot of baits. And man, it's it's pretty exciting. We have a lot of fish flying and some big ones today, so uh, then the wind switched east on us and started pouring rain, and it, it kind of shut things down by about 2 o'clock, but uh, um, boy, I can't, can't wait to get back out again tomorrow. The wind's supposed to swing southerly again and be cloudy, so we're really looking forward to getting out. When are you coming <laughs> back to the United States, Herbie? I'm going to be come back on Labor Day. I got, I got stuff down in southern Wisconsin uh, right after that, and then for three four days, and then uh, and then I'm gonna be I'm gonna be up in northern Wisconsin quite a bit, almost exclusively September, the rest of September, October, and uh, till about the tenth of November, and then we'll just have to see what the weather holds. And I'd like to get in a in a tree a little bit this fall, you know. And like I said, going through everything I've been going through and the, and the schedule that that I've been doing. Uh, you know, I've gotten in really good shape, but still, you get, you know, you get wore out. And it's time to think about getting in the woods and relaxing in a tree a little bit and doing some of that in November. But uh, the fish are really biting. I know I'm going to be itching to get back out there. So I'll let people know if I'm going to continue on through into December. If we have, a, if we have a, a real warm fall, you know, I mean, there's some really good stuff right there. And, southern half of the state that's being pretty overlooked with some big fish opportunities if we can get in you know get a decent uh get a decent fall you know and uh we can now fish till the end of december you know you know you got big green you got lake geneva you got the wisconsin river you got lake wisconsin that turns on again you know in the end of november in the mid mid end of november so there's some good stuff going on there that uh even though the Northern Lakes may be shut down, that uh, are going to be still be, you know, very accessible and, and maybe at one of their seasonal peaks, you know. Well, rumor has it that you got a little jet boat too you picked up this spring. I don't know if we talked about that on a podcast or not. How's that yeah, going for you? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I've kind of been playing around on the river according to when we get our good rains. The river was so low, it's, 
you know, I mean, it's fishable. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like like your 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 rivers, you know, up in northern Minnesota and, and stuff like that. The upper parts of the Mississippi and St. Croix and stuff like that. When the, the sections of river that I'm fishing from from the Coosa on down past Spring Green, you know, when they start getting low, you know, the, the, there's like a, a huge areas of channel that's only five, four, five, six feet deep. It's not like the nice pools and pockets and stuff like that. And the fish get really scattered and, and thus the, the fish that are, that are at the dams get a lot of pressure because a lot of people don't have boats that can go downstream. You know what I'm saying? So when we would get our rain and they'd open the dams up, then I'd jump back on it. And the only thing I was seeing is, is the pressure was getting quite intense and that if I would catch five or six fish, I might see three or four of them have been caught more than once. You could tell just by the fish, condition of the fish. So we definitely need a good season of normal normal water levels and rainfalls and stuff like that, you know, for me to really, really get into it. I had fun when I was on it, and the boat definitely saved the day getting down into some lower stretches, but uh, it's not what I like to fish when the water's real low, when the water's really low. No, Lake Wisconsin, Lake Wisconsin was real good, and, you know, the end of May and, and through June was real good, and then, of course, that dark water, you know, that got real warm fast again, too. So I'm looking forward to getting a little bit, um, get back on that a little bit in late October, you know, early November, too. Well, so, Herbie, you talked about Canada and getting up there for next season. Let's talk a little bit about this season. You're working on Andy Myers Lodge. How's that going for them with, the, you know, this kind of strange opening? What's the, I mean, you know, just give us an outlook on it. Like, what's the capacity like? Are, you, are they anywhere close to full like they would be at this time of year? Uh, about, um, uh, they're about going into October now, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be at, at capacity. Uh, this week here that I'm up here, it's their slowest week. I think there's like six or eight groups here, but from opening, when they opened on uh, uh, August 9th, there were guys that sat in line seven, eight hours. Now, we went right through. There's, I mean, we didn't even have a car in front of us. Like I said, the, the, it's not busy up here, you know. They've been at two-thirds to three-quarter capacity because a lot of places took firefighters and road construction, Canadian weekenders, whatever they could, you know, to survive, right? All of a sudden, the border opened. What do you do? You, you kick out people you got contracted when, you know, and then... You know, you got your American guests, which are normally 90 to 95% of your clientele wanting to come back. So Julian kind of, he kind of, you know, resisted taking um, any extended type of bookings and just prayed and hoped that the border would open, and it did. Things are going running very smooth. All new motors on the boat. The guide boats are all retrofitted. Uh, with steering wheels and 250s on now from 150 tillers. Yeah, I was very, very impressed when I, when I drove in yesterday. Very much. Very much so. And the fishing has been fantastic. Some of the stories from some of my old buddies and guides here got me, got us really fired up. You know, there's been a lot of days seeing anywhere from 18 to 40 fish a day. And, and the only problem is, is and it's the same thing that I'm running 
into, I ran into it last week in northern Wisconsin. I ran into it on the Wisconsin River, and it is very aggressive flying fish, but nipping, not really T-bone and bait. So if you hook 10 fish and say, a couple days or or three days or something, you might only end up with three or four in the bag, and 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 they, and it's just you, they're just flying in, and it's not because of pressure, I, you know. I just I don't I don't get it, but I've I've heard it from other people in other places. It's just something that's going on this year, but uh, it, it, there's a lot of excitement going on, a lot of nice fish moving around. It's just unbelievable how many fish on Eagle Lake there are in that uh, 40 to 47 inch range besides what Eagle's always been known for and that's its you know abundance of over average size fish you know 50 50 inch plus fish so the, the explosion that I predicted 15 20 years ago has happened and like I said before I believe it has something to do with not as quite as many northerns as it was 30 years ago and I think it's just finally, the spawning has been, seasons have been so successful over the last 12, 10, 12 years that, it, that what's going on here is incredible. There's, we fished, like today we fished, the first the first eight spots we fished, only one spot did not have fish flying off. And it wasn't no secret spots. They were all just community spots close to camp. You know, it was pretty amazing, you know. Um, I would, anybody that didn't, that because of the late opener and vacation times and stuff like that, that didn't get a chance to, to make it this year, man, get ready for next year. Because I don't believe that we're going to have an issue, you know, with Canada closing the border again. I, you know, that's not what I'm hearing from people that are in the know. You know, I mean, U.S. side might stay closed you know, to Canadians driving, but they can still fly. It, it doesn't appear that they're closing the Canadian border to Americans, uh, unless it gets so bad that then we're, everybody's in trouble. You know what I'm saying? I really don't think that's going to be an issue. I think they made their decision. They're going to work within parameters of, of keeping people safe with um, the prerequisites across the border, um, masks in public. Uh, things like that, and 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 keep the economy open. That's that's what I'm seeing up here. Well, Herbie, let's uh, let's kind of circle back. Well, actually, let's circle forward once for for a minute to get into Canada. What did you have to do for people that are listening if they're thinking about traveling into Canada? Why don't you talk a little bit about the entry process? How long did it take? What did you? Have to, what kind of hoops did you have to it jump was through actually, to get there? It was actually very very smooth. You know, you do have to have your shot. Simple as that. If you're one that doesn't want to get your shots, you're not going to get into Canada, and I doubt if you're going to get in many places else. I mean, I think it's just something, in the, you know, part of the future. So you need your shots. You need your vaccination. And then within 72 hours, three days of when you're going to cross the border, you need to have a COVID test. And, like, I was up at St. Germain staying at Rob's place you know, St. Germain Lodge, because I, I put a lot of my guests up there, because I really, really like that area as being a central hub. I can go to Eagle River, I can go to Boulder, Land of Lakes, I can go to Flambeau, I can go down to a nice, it's nice and in the center. All I did was I just went online and made an appointment at the Walgreens, 
right there in Manaqua. And after fishing on, on uh, I believe it was Wednesday, I just pulled into the pickup at the side of Walgreens, like you're going to pick up a prescription. And they open the door like you're going to the bank for a deposit. And out comes a, uh, a little box that's got a swab in it. You do the swab in your nose, stick it back in there. You know, they just shut the door. And four hours later, I had my results simple as that you don't have don't have to print it off it can be right on your phone and then uh and then there's a and then like on the way up we registered there's a canadian website or uh, app that's uh called arrive canada Arrive can and you just it's just a just an app you go on and you just put in your shot dates when you got them First and second, there's a, a camera thing that's part of it that you use your phone and you take a picture of your passport and um, and then you put in when you got your COVID test and where and it's that simple. When, and what happens is, is you get through with it and bing, you get a number and, and you, you just write that number down. You really don't need it. It's for if there's problems when you get to the border with internet or something like that. That it's just a it's just a safety feature, so you don't have problems at the border. Because when you get there, when they run your password, we were we were through the we were through the process of going through the border. I'm gonna say less less than five minutes for two of us. It really wasn't any longer, really, than you know, than a normal crossing. Um, I was really amazed. It was not a big deal. You just uh, you have to have a, a spot that if if you did become if you did um, contact COVID while you were in Canada that you can quarantine, and that that ends up being where you're gonna stay. You know, you know the resort you're gonna stay. They have to have a combination just in case somebody needs to quarantine. They have one combination for the side. And, and like here, they got the hand washers, you know, the, the, the alcohol sterilization things at every door. You know, the, the girls are all wearing masks in the kitchen and stuff like that. You know, everything is kind of like what we were used to back in the States. And they went, it's real smooth. Regular dinners, you know, in the lodge, you know, uh, guides all show up get in the boat, take your fishing, everything's, everything has been very close to, very close to normal. I mean, I was very amazed. I was really was. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Um, one thing I would say, I've heard people say, oh, I'm going to get a fake one. There's, there's a guy who'll fill one out for me. Don't try it. Don't try a fake shot, uh, vaccination uh, sheets because it, I've heard several stories of people trying it, and it's serious. It's not like it's not like you brought in an extra bottle of booze or a case of beer. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 more, they take it more serious than that. So, if you really want to come to Canada and you haven't got your shot to get them, get it over with, and Canada welcome you with open arms. Sure, sounds like a, a mildly well-oiled machine right now, and things are rolling along pretty good. 
Sounds like for people yeah. that have been able to get up there, fishing has been fantastic. And it, from your estimation, it continues to be so. So it's um, you know a good deal that way. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, I, I do want to talk about fall and what we can expect coming forward. But let's talk a little bit about Green Bay. I know that you've spent a little bit of time there. You're not necessarily guiding out there, but you're you're poking around because it's a world-class fishery. And I don't know how much experience did you have with Green Bay prior to the little bit of playing around that you did this summer? Well, I've got a great intel circle. You know what I'm saying, because I've been in it so long. And there's some good guys that aren't afraid to share information just as I never have been all my life. Green Bay, at the first time I was on, it seemed, you know, intimidating because it's so big. But to be honest, it's really a pretty easy fishery. It, it's, just, it's just big, you know, and there's some big fish there. You can fish the community spots and still catch fish and, and if you want to put up with the crowds. But, you know, everybody's spread out. But all I can say is there's a whole lot of stuff in between named spots that isn't being fished that's got fish you know you didn't you know you can get away from people and find and find fishing too when i was there uh, a week ago the casting bite was still really really good there were some trolling trollers starting to troll and there were some fish being caught trolling but it appeared to me from what i was the intel i was getting and what i was seeing was that most of the bigger fish were being caught casting, but the water temperatures are now, it's quickly turning now into, you know, early fall everywhere. You know, um, I think Southern Wisconsin's still a little bit behind, but it'll catch up. I think the trolling bite will pick up and become, and as the, as the people start heading south, you know, more towards long tail, you know, a little tail, long tail, and down towards the river and that. But one thing I found when I was there for a couple of weeks last fall was that even when everybody made the transition and, and, and most people were fishing the southern part of the fishery, there were still fish on the nor- in the northern point that have weeds and stuff like that. There were, there, there were still fish there. Um, I, I think people get caught up a lot in, in just what the fish do there and kind of the routine you know so there's definitely things for the guy that wants to be a little innovative and explore a little bit and you know um as long as you watch the wind you know there's not a lot of dangerous stuff going on out there that you got to worry about it's just the wind pay attention to the wind and especially if it's coming from the north or northeast you know other than that you know you're there's a lot of places to explore that people that are hitting, that are getting the pressure that the name spots are. You know what I mean? It was neat. It was neat. I, I felt really spooky out there, just knowing what swims around out there, things like that. Uh, it kind of, even though I, I got a couple great fish out of out of uh, the Madison chain this season, I mean, it's just the upper end that could possibly happen there. It's just always. If you're a musky fisherman, it's just got to make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely there. But it is it is different. You know, it is different than fishing classic structure, so to speak. And you, you know, you just you kind of got to get used to it. You know, it's, it's bigger and flatter and 
you know, the breaks are different than what I had. I had some get used to because I'm used to visualizing a lot of steep, rocky breaks and, and small weed beds tucked in between islands and, and narrow areas and stuff like that. You know, stuff that you really watch your, your locator on and things like that. And, 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 you know, the spots on the spots or small spots on the spots was there. It's not as apparent. But believe me, those big, huge 600-acre weed beds that are on them points and stuff like that that everybody's fishing, there are still spots on the spots within them. And once you start catching some fish there and you start iconing where you're catching fish, you see that, yes, you can aimlessly drift through there like a lot of people do. But the guys that really got it together up there, like Doug and all his circle and that, there's definitely... Um, it's because of 12 to 18 hour days, uh, 120 or more days and five, six, seven of them collectively sharing information that, you know, you get, there's, there's definitely more than just aimlessly fishing the cows and that's why they're catching the number of big fish they are, you know? And I picked up on that very quickly the, the time that, the little time that I was fortunate enough to be able to spend out there. A lot to learn yet if, if I'm going to make it part of my repertoire, but uh, um, it was interesting, it was challenging, and it was pretty cool. We caught some really nice fish and just tried to keep things as quiet as we could at this point, but uh, that'll come out later. Yeah, yeah, I heard, uh, I, I have a pretty good network of information as well and i heard uh that you got a pretty pretty nice one in fact i may have actually yeah. seen a picture of it so i'll let you spill the beans on it sometime later on this fall or whenever you're going to release that information but spoiler alert it's a pretty big one so it's a definitely a, so a we got special we fish. got some more that we got some more areas people that have eyeballs on so but them guys out there i gotta give them all the credit in the world you know them guys that make their living out there like doug and and uh, Kyle and, and Chris and some of them guys out there that are out there every day, you know, they they earn their keep, man. I mean, that's it's a challenging fishery, but they, they can put you on. Yeah, they deserve all the all the respect and everything that they get out there. So I'm so just fortunate enough to, be able to spend the time that I was out there. I would like to spend more time, but I just sure hope things go the course they are and I can be back in Canada for the season. That's where my, you know, that's just so much part of me, so much in my blood. And uh, I'm having fun doing what I'm doing and stuff. And a lot of these guys that I'm fishing with, unfortunately, can't even come to Canada because of different reasons, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm getting to see and spend time with people that I normally, that I did years ago that I haven't been able to in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. So it's all been really good. And, and it was good to, to get challenged again with with different fisheries and, and popping in on them and having to figure it out as quick as I could um, after being gone for a week or two, you know, or something. So that all made it real interesting and challenging for me, and, and particularly along with the, you know, hot weather and type of year we've had and stuff like that. It's, you know, I don't know if, you know, if they say, if you don't think big, you don't catch big. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's always fun to be challenged, you know, that's otherwise it gets pretty whole hum, you know? 
Oh yeah, and it sounds like you've hopped around in plenty of different places and got to play around a lot of different stuff. So it's yeah, yeah. Moving forward, we talked a little bit about what you've been up to. Talked a little bit about you know getting into Canada. Let's talk a little bit about fall fishing. With um, you know, with fall being here, first I got a question for you. I mean, you've been doing it forever, so there's nobody you know, but to you know, more equipped to answer some questions. We always say that September is like the month to go musky fishing, and it, based on you know, even just based on my sales for baits moving up into the end of August, it seems like guys are really gearing up for September. Lots of musky anglers on the water. If you were to pick a, your favorite month to musky fish, what is it? Well, by far my favorite time is like I would say the second week of October through the second week of November without a doubt I've just caught so many of my big fish then and yeah it's more physically challenging but you know I just love the late fall I mean I always have um, I made you know a lot of my reputation in the years past because of my late fall fishing uh, I don't know if it's because I think it was mainly just because I was stubborn enough to stick it out through all that that I caught good fish. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I love I love October. I just absolutely love October into the first part of November, at least in northern Wisconsin and Canada. You know what I'm saying? Um, September is right in there. You know, after that, in the fact that. You, you get a lot of people gearing up musky fishing like you're talking about. But for the most part, the tourist stuff all goes away. The wakeboard boats, the jet skis, you know, the pontoons everywhere, you know, things like that. You know, crowded boat landings. I mean, you'll see some of that in some, some of your more famous fisheries and stuff, but it's usually just fishermen and, you know, not guys yelling at their old lady at the landing because they can't back the boat up straight or something like that, you know holding me up <laughs> yeah, you know so yeah. so uh <laughs> so uh um, yeah so and, you know and it's just that stuff's all gone which makes it more pleasurable second of all you know you're finally the water's finally cooling down you have a you know th- there's a lot of your fish that are out off the break will come in shallower um, there's some fish that spend almost all their time suspended that go into a more predict, uh, 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 some of them will slide in, but some will go into a pattern that very few people are fishing mainly because it's such a deep pattern. You have to be very, very careful with the fish. But for the most part, you get, have a very shallow, uh, movement of fish up, shallow up onto the rock, shallow into heavy cover weeds and stuff like that. You know, you, as you drop into the 60s, you know, your, your top water bite kicks in, stuff like that. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very good time of the year. It's not one that you normally have to put up with quite as bad of potential weather as you would in mid-October on. But, uh, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's right in there. September I love. I, I love September. Particularly up here in Canada, the weeds start dying low-lying type of that big broadleaf cabbage that remains sucks fish in like unbelievable but it also concentrates a major portion of the fish on very predictable easy to read rock spots and i love fishing rocks even more than i like fishing weeds shallow rocks especially you know that break off into deep water 
It's just when fish are up on the rocks, you know, you can you can typically fish that type of stuff. They're up and looking. They're not ambushing as much as they are chasing stuff down like they are when they're in the in the weeds. They're ambushing. When they're on the rocks, they're more looking and and they'll come after baits and and I just love fishing rocks. I just love it. And that's as you get into mid September on, it becomes a, a very dominant pattern. You know, and uh, a lot of big fish moving up onto the rocks that were, you know, maybe suspended or off the break with the walleyes are now, as you, as, you, as you get into, you know, closer to 62, you know, 60, 62 degrees to, you know, you get some of your lakes, it depends on the type of lake it is. You know, you, you got to kind of like, I like lakes. I like to be around, like, that's why I like Northern Wisconsin, and that's why I like Eagle so much, is because you got you got a different right, wide range of lakes that you can stay either ahead of or behind turtles, which is very, very important. Now, you know, like the river system, for instance, they're awesome for, for late September, early October, because they don't really turn over because of the flowing water, okay? So that's something that that you can always fall back on if you get into a stalled type of uh, turnover period on a lake. Uh, if you're on, on a, a lake that doesn't have give you a lot of options. Northern Wisconsin got so many different kinds of lakes and ecosystems uh, within them within five-minute drive or less, you know, and some chains that have within them different characteristics of different lakes in varying degrees of depth and and composition and stuff. So staying ahead of and behind turnover during September is probably one of the biggest keys. Just because, you you know, the water's cooling off and all this and that, there's negatives that go along with that besides positive. And, that, and so if you can stay ahead of turnover by moving on, moving to deeper, clear lakes as the lake you're on starts, getting into that 55, 60 degree range, you'll probably have, there's a period of time right before those deep clear lakes start to turn that they become some of the best that they could be for the year other than, say, mid-June. You know what I'm saying? Right, uh, Mid to end of June. It's probably the next peak time. It's a different peak, a different pattern and stuff like that, but they, they, the fish really turn on. Your shallower lakes, now, as the bigger lakes start turning, then your shallower lakes are now done turn, you know, or maybe that pre-turnover time starts much earlier, like right now or the next week. So being aware of that scenario is probably your biggest key to being really successful in September. And if you are on that type of deal and you have thinking along those, those wavelengths, you're going to probably put some big fish in the boat. So, you know, Turby's comment about the husband hollering at the wife because she can't back the trailer in. Oh, that you've never, not, you've, you've never seen it? it. <laughs> okay. It. I have witnessed it. I just want to say that that does not happen to me. I load and <laughs> I unload the boat. I didn't even think for a minute that it did. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. I'm just saying that. Don't grab. Don't grab. Don't grab like I do. If it happened once, that was probably the last. No, it's never <laughs> happened. I will be the first okay. person to full-on admit that I cannot back up a trailer. 
So the deal was I had to learn how to load and unload the boat. So that's my job. He takes care of the truck and the trailer. I take care of the boat. Works perfectly. There you go. So whatever works. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Herbie, moving on. Let's talk about baits for September. You have obviously, like I said before, you have tons of experience. So obviously you've been down the road a bunch of times. What are your, let's talk about some of your favorite baits for this month. Well, you know, on lakes, you know, that have a lot of, of shallow, heavy cover, particularly, you know, coontail, milfoil, stuff like that. As, as, as the water, a lot of those lakes will have like a green, green tint to them. And it, with good glasses, you'll be able to see these, the, the tight turns and the, the points. Because typically in September, a lot of times your water will drop a little bit too. And you'll be able to see the blackness of the of the of the weed pockets and and the covers and and in the cover and and the turns and stuff. Top waters can be awesome, you know, under the right conditions in September. Okay, but my mainstays when it comes to those kind of lakes, like the Mad- Madison Chain, um, your lakes up in northern Wisconsin that that have a lot of cover like that, like you know, say the Big and Little Arbs and. You know, all, all those, you know, the Monocra chain, things like, you know, all these lakes that got a lot of big weed beds and, and the coontail milfoil being predominant now, spinnerbaits and jerkbaits are, are key for me at that fishing that type of structure. Now, fishing rocks, you know, I like to I like to use a lot of rubber and I like to rip a lot of crank. The, the grandmas, the Livingston squeaky, squeaky peats, the lip baits, you know, like the Livingston Rachel or the Triple D, those are awesome baits for working the edge of, of rock of rock and stuff. And and they and you know they have that triggering technique of, or triggering ability, you know, of of like of like, of jerk baits. And I just love jerk baits as we get into September and October. Got a couple exciting new ones coming out of Livingston. Um, one called uh, Flipper and the other called the Tyrant. So or Trident, and uh, there, there'll be something to look forward to. They'll be out available, hopefully in time for the October-November bite. Suix, awesome. You know, Suix and, and Bobbies, weighted Bobbies, weighted Suix. I love using them in the fall. Round nose gliders by Chaos. They've been all that kind of stuff. Stuff that, Like, I like hopping around uh, those. And, 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 I mean, you don't hear about it anymore. But I'll tell you, one of my favorite baits for fishing that kind of structure is hopping uh, small reef hogs. I mean, man, oh man, I, I could, you know, it's just they're not sexy they're like a lot of these baits these days. But boy, I'll tell you, for hopping them and and, and around that type of of that type of cover where you can see the pockets and stuff like that, I've caught a lot of fish in September on um, spinner baits like CJ's um, with the bigger blades on, like the nines and the tens with uh, double Colorados in front of them. we got a lot of lift, but yet you can put a fairly heavy head on. So if you need to penetrate a little bit, you can, but you can also throw it in and cross winds really well, into and, and cross winds really well. Um, things like that. You can kind of get a little bit more specialized as you get into the fall. Like as I get into the fall, my arsenal usually gets smaller. You know, I'll have two or three good, your crankbaits like the Grammar, the Squeaky Pete, and the Triple D, and and uh, the Rachel, and and uh, some straight uh, strikers, stuff like that. 
and then a lot of rubber. He's a lot of, of a lot of rubber bulldogs and and medusas and uh, I play around with a lot of different tubes. Have been awesome when I'm working rocks that time of year. Now, also over the milfoil, that that nose pull, that nose pull um, tube of red October's with a blade on the back doesn't. You know, it's really weird. I know Rob has been doing really well on it. He's got me using it a lot uh, in the last few weeks. And uh, um, it, it doesn't, it just, I mean, you don't know why, but the fish really seem to like it. A tube that you can keep high over and drop it into pockets and, and move it around over top of milfoil and, and coontail has been a very mainstay this last week or so. And it's just the, the pattern is just, starting to really show up you know it's they were in water temperatures that were you know just almost under 70 at a couple lakes uh end of last week there or through the weekend excuse me when i was up there um the fish have definitely there's fish using a lot of different stuff but up to north wisconsin there are a major portion of the fish are moving into the weed so this is going to all happen put come together your, your typical September fishing very, very quick here. Yeah, I love jerk baits, spinner baits, uh, double tens, double tens, you know, like, like you know, obviously the cowgirl. Um, we throw a lot of these different combinations of blades now, but I'll tell you, when I get to the end of the fall, still my, the biggest, some, usually the biggest fish that comes on blades is going to come on a double ten. Even though we got all these different combinations and they catch a lot of fish, and particularly, you know, where there's a lot of pressure, there seems to be periods of times where they can be, you know, the bait of choice or or the fish can be seem to be very selective to a certain blade combination. Still, if I'm looking for really big fish, I really don't think you can beat, you know, a full rolled double ten once the water gets, you know, you know, closer to mid sixties and, and and cooler. You know what I mean when it comes to blades. There, something every year. Still, the big one bites on double tens. Even though I throw a lot of combinations, so you know, I get. I and as we get into these these types of more watercolor and lower sun angles, there's a lot of fancy colors out there, and there a lot of them. Will, you know, you'll find trends where they'll be good, but. As I get into September and my and my and my shallower type of or or more metro type of fisheries become even more green, and you get into some lakes that get a little darker as you get closer to turnover, but you're still into a good fishing period. It's not started to turn yet, and then even on the deep clear lakes because you got different sun angles than they are in the hot middle of the summer. I don't think you can beat a jet black base. And it's not, and combinations of, but there's just something when the water starts getting darker and turning green that, and you can put combination of different colored blades on there and that, but still a, a black body is my first choice when it comes to rubber, when it comes to top water, when it comes to blades, there's just something about it. It's, I know it seems old school and everything else, but, uh, it really stands out with the lower sun angles and with the color of the water in the lakes. 
so Herbie, one thing I picked up in there too was I know you talked a little bit about rocks. You talked a little bit about weeds. Let's talk a little bit about kind of how you break down a day on the water. Are you hitting multiple weed spots and then you're going to also check the rocks or are you going to, if you're finding fish in the weeds, are you staying there? Kind of, you want to talk about how you choose rocks versus weeds, I guess? Because I've been at it so long, I kind of got a good idea of where where I, where I, I should probably start, okay, which gives me a little bit of an advantage along those lines. But, you know, and it depends on how a lake is laid out. Some lakes don't even have any rocks. You know what I'm saying? Or very few. You know, or one rocky stretch, deep stretch, which gets good later in the fall or whatever. So it kind of depends on, on the kind of lake you have. But if you have lakes with both, you know, I would try to get as much intel as I could on where to start, first of all. But for the most part, I would check the weeds. The weeds, you know what, if the if the weeds, and you can tell, too, by some lakes hold their weeds much better, greener, and later than others. And and not not. And I'm not saying the weeds have to be green to hold fish, because they don't. You know, does it help? Probably. But it's still cover. And there's nothing on this both oxygen depleting where the weeds are. That that's that that don't happen. You know what I'm saying? It don't happen. If the weeds are green and it's ninety degrees out, you got a hot, flat, sunny day the weeds will give off oxygen, the fish will love them in the summer, okay? But when it comes to water dropping below 70 into the 60s and stuff like that, and as long as there's an edge, as long as there's an edge, you know, of, of either vertically or horizontally in your weed cover, fish will use it. You know, fish will use it. You know, I, I guess I would try what's close a first best structure that's close to the landing I picked and try the weed. And you got to remember too, that as you get into fall, a lot of times you're going to find that your moon phases become even more and more and more critical as your, to your, your success during the day is, you know, whereas a lot of times I think the weather is more important to me than the moon phases seem to, as you come into the fall, seem to make even more uh, um, of an impact on, so you got to be careful if you're going to disallow some something, you know what I mean? Um, you got to make sure you give it a good chance. Generally speaking, I would fish, you know, I would just mix it up, fish, fish some windy stuff, fish some sliding stuff. Um, if the wind's really been pounding, fish, fish some stuff totally out of the wind, and I would mix it up between reeds and rocks. And sometimes it doesn't matter. It's, it's both. The fish are using both. And then on some days, I'm not kidding you, like up, uh, it, it, sometimes it can be absolutely crazy with no real reason that I can be so scientific about or anything. But I've seen days where all the fish are coming out of the weeds. And I'm talking numbers of fish. And then the next day, you know, there may be a little bit of weather change, but not nothing that's should make a big difference, and you got to scramble to find see even one or two fish if you're lucky, and all the fish are coming off of the rocks. So you got to let the fish tell you. You can't. What I'm getting at is you can't predetermine. 
that's what a lot of people make mistakes of. And I got to slap myself every once in a while. I catch myself, you know, because I love fishing rocks so much, maybe not giving weeds enough of a chance. You know, and, and another thing, too, as you get into September, that I've seen a lot, a lot, and that's packs of fish. You can fish, you know, sometimes four or five really good spots and never not see anything, and then all of a sudden on a spot that is not a good spot or even a spot that's not even you're one of your primary spots and all of a sudden there's three, four, five fish come flying off of it in rapid succession within 10 or 15 minutes, you know? So, and, and very shallow. Fish can be extremely shallow at times. Big fish, too. So, you know, whereas I typically like to stay off the break and like make nice long casts and try and cover as much of a break as well as the, the stuff on top whenever I can, there's a lot of times in September I'll find myself when that's not working. I'll get right up in very shallow inside weed lines and stuff like that and be making a lot of short casts, multiple short casts instead of long casts trying to cover um, all of it because there's times when the fish move in very, very, very shallow. And when I'm fishing like, for instance, the Rocky Point, before I leave, I make, I make, I make three, four casts where, you know, I'm almost hitting the bank, you know, because I've seen some big fish come out of foot and foot and a half, two feet of water in, in September. And normally at that point, I would have fished it at 18, 20, 22, 25 with the boat casting up to more like seven to 12. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you check shallow as well as the, the regular edges and stuff. When it comes into water, it gets, starts getting below 70s and into the into the lower 60s, you know? Kirby, what are you seeing for water temps up there right now? Uh, it was 67.8 here on Eagle at the end of the day, but it got cold east winds and was raining. It was 68, 69, you know, uh, this morning. Down in Vilas County, we were, you know, what can normally figure without massive cold fronts? There's usually a three to four degree, you know, temperature change as you head south. I know uh, Madison, right up until just a few days ago, actually was borderline being able to fish. So, um, but I'm sure now these fronts have dropped it down and, you know, into the upper 70s, you know, say mid to upper 70s. These cooler nights are definitely helping. But uh, 72, 73, you know, uh, 74 up north. And then we got here in 68, 69. And I'm sure it'll be dropping a, a, a half a degree or a degree a day here. Unless we get some real hot weather. Yeah, we. the last time I heard Brad say it was about 71 here. We had rain all day today and it was actually fairly cold. So I'm guessing yeah. we're probably in that upper 60s now. I'm. I would yeah. think it would bounce back a little bit. It's supposed to be halfway decent, but our nights are getting into the 50s now sometimes, and so yeah, we start to lose temp pretty fast then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much. It's pretty much the same. What What you like to see is no rapid change, either 
hot again. I hate, I absolutely hate Indian summer, you know, in September. Indian summer, end of October, first of November, first half of November, great. Money. Now, it's a kiss of death, yep. as far as I'm I concerned. Agree. You know, you just, it's not that you can't catch a fish, but man, they don't, they're not happy. It, it's just, they do weird things. I see, see fish missing baits by two, three feet, all kinds of crazy stuff. I just never, never liked it. As long as you get a nice, steady, stays even, and then drops a half a degree or a degree, you know, at a time in a day or two, um, and, and it slowly starts doing that as the, as, the, as the days get shorter, you know, and the nights get longer, then everything really starts rocking the way it should. Um, you know, so I said, all I do is I just pray for uh, 70 degrees ain't bad, but if you start getting anything, you know, into the 80 degree mark or high 70s, it usually doesn't help one bit. I would agree. September, you look for the first good cold front. October, November, like you said, then Indian summer can be insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward, you know, to the fall. Man, I'll be able to get up at 6 o'clock instead of 3.30, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a brutal summer. I was up at 3.30, 4 o'clock most days, you know, and on the water by 5 and, you know, makes for long days, you know? I think that's when Brad's typically going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he doing a lot of night fishing? Uh, he's been doing some. He just doesn't like to go to sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been doing some night fishing, you know, uh, and, and I'll tell you, this, this next couple of weeks can be some of the best big fish night fishing there is. I would agree. You know, yeah. So if a guy's into that, boy, you get the right people to fish with, so it can be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those I big fish that are starting to, those big fish that are starting to move up shallows, they just also, after dark, just a lot of these fish have been suspended or out off the brakes. And uh, when they slide up, once it gets dark, they become pretty stupid, you know? Yeah, it's fun. And then in the fall too, or the night fishing, you, you know, top waters can be can be darn good. But I really, I really love. I've been throwing that detonator here now the last couple of days, looking for you know what what we're finding it up here. And uh, but Danny was using it quite a bit the last couple of weeks here and there. You, you don't see near as many fish on it, but everyone's big. <laughs> very high. Fish. Very high percentage of them are real big, but that bait, that bait after dark in September, I can't believe that I can hard. That'd be going to be hard to beat. Big jointed crankbaits, you know, as you get into September, are, are really good after dark. One, especially the guy in the front of the boat working right along, right along them, them um, edges of uh, coontail and. Uh, Millfoil edges and cabbage edges, and then a guy throwing up over the top of the top water and a big, a big uh, uh, bladed bucktail, a blade bait. I mean, Jesus, you can tear them up. Do you have any trips yet this fall that you're opening yet? I I just had a cancellation. A guy had his household alarm, so he's busy looking. Let's see, when was it? 
September 17th to the 20th I have open. If people want to get in touch with you, how they can go ahead and do that? Yeah, they could just, you know, go on to Facebook and find me, you can message me. Uh, my phone number, uh, 608-515-3416. Uh, I got a website for the first time in 40 years out there. I don't know why. For 35 years, I don't know why, but I got one there. All the information's on there. So, yeah, and call me anytime, day or night. Even if you're, you know, want to just talk fishing, you're going to go someplace, see if I have any information on it. I love doing that kind of stuff. I love talking to people. I love, you know, talking fishing. If I can help anybody out, I will. Um, don't be afraid to call at any time. No time's really a bad time. Well, as evidenced by his, you know, his abilities to spill his guts on these podcasts, he's pretty much willing to, you know, let everybody know what's up. Steve, we really appreciate you coming out, talk fishing. We always do. It's great to talk to you. I'm assuming at some point in this winter we'll talk to you if there are sports shows are you going to be at any of those sports shows this year well i just talked to julian last night we got in here late yesterday and i talked to him he says you know there's a lot of places ain't going to be able to do them we're going to do them and we're going to kick ass so it sounds to me like uh if the sports shows are are happening um particularly the musky shows and the all canada shows We'll be there. Well, great. So maybe I'll run across you at some point this winter. As of now, yep. for anybody that is listening, I mean, based on what we know now, as of like right today, everything is still a go for Chicago, Milwaukee. I think I believe Ohio would be as well. I'm not going to Ohio, but they would be there. I think PA, all, all of them that, I'm a, that I know of right now are still a go for this season, right? Carrie, you don't know anything differently as, as of today. I haven't heard anything different. So as of right now, everything should kind of go back to normal. Right. And Hopefully. I was going to say, as far as restrictions, anything different, I mean, as we hear it, we'll pass it along. But as of today, you know, it's uh, right before Labor Day, the shows are going on this winter. I have deposits into a whole bunch of them. So as of right now, we're, we're planning on going to shows, which is different than last year. Last year, nobody was even looking for money or deposits. I think by this point last year, we pretty much all knew there was no chance they were going to happen. So for anybody that's interested, it looks like things are going to be normal as of today. I mean, I've, you know, <laughs> you know, it is we've things, cha- we, things have changed, you know, month by month, day by day, whatever for the past year and a half. So if anything changes. Yeah, well, I'll tell you honestly, though, you know, it will be welcomed in my eyes. I mean, I missed them, you know, not, not, you don't miss the grind them. Like say, you know, if you, if you're doing 10, 12 shows and one right after another, you know, it's a lot of work and everything, but you know, you, you know, everybody did a fair good business over the internet and stuff without the shows going on that, but it ain't the same. It ain't the same as talking with the guy who's made it or, or talking to the people about their, their exact experiences with the bait. You have the bait in your hand and you can look at it and feel it and touch it. You know, I, I think that there's something missing there. You know what I'm saying? Without, without the show. And I, I look forward to them. I, you know, they're kind of like a mountain man musky rendezvous. You know what I mean? A lot of us, it's the only time we'll get to see each other because everybody goes their ways, you know? And, uh, I don't know. And, you know, just touching base face to face with your clients and your friends and, and potential customers and stuff, you know, 
Yeah, you can get a lot of stuff done real easy over the internet. First stop thing. I would, I would agree. Not. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. I'm looking forward to yeah. getting back on the road. Like you said, I mean, the grind part of it, I'm not necessarily looking forward to, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing customers and talking to, you know, people. You know, I've, I've talked to you a bunch of times in the last year or whatever, but it's not the same as if mm -hmm. we were at a show and we could talk for 15, 20 minutes about whatever, catch up, right. you know, how things are going. Right. And I have right. lots of people that are that way. I have a bunch of friends that guide out on St. Clair. I'd normally see them in Chicago or one of those shows, and I haven't seen them in, you know, whatever, I don't know, a year and a half or whatever it's been. So, yeah, definitely a, a whole different deal. And so we're looking forward to We haven't been to Minnesota in – I don't know, since 2019, so it's been almost, it'll have been two years by the time we go back to Minnesota, so it'll be good to get, get out, get on the road, and, and get back to, we'll say, life as normal, so hopefully everything stays on course, and, and that's the plan for this winter, so, but anyways, once again, Steve, just want to thank you for coming out, we really appreciate it, I hope that you have a lot of success this, not only this coming weekend, but for the rest of the fall, and hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, catch up on another podcast this winter, and hopefully we get to see each other face to face. That'd be great as well. No, well, maybe even get in a boat. Absolutely, that'd be awesome. Especially that jet boat. Carrie, I make sure tell tell Brad I I miss giving him any crap here. I'm doing a podcast, so we'll uh, have right. to get him give me a call, and we'll have to catch up. I will do that, Herbie. And then on next time, you can give him twice as much crap because you missed him this there time. All right, all right. And uh, <laughs> normally, normally I'm a, a lot more energetic, but man, I really whipped her hard out there today. And I was sitting here doing this late podcast. I, you know, uh, it just I was a little low on energy here tonight. I'm usually a little bit more bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> normally, we got to slow him down a little bit. He's a little bit off his game tonight, but that's all right. It, it was great, you know, Steve. You always do a great job. Lots of knowledge, lots of everything, and it's great to have you out and. Like I said, we just appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, especially, like I said, this late. I mean, it's, you know, you fished all day, you fished hard, and it's, you know, 1030 at night, so it's time for everybody to uh, to call her a night. So we want to thank all of our listeners for, you know, listening listening to the podcast every single week. We have super loyal listeners. In fact, last week for we had our highest downloaded day that we've ever had, and so because of that, we, you know, thank everybody. So with that being said, We'll uh, catch everybody again with another podcast next Wednesday. Thanks, Herbie. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.